0: Hello and welcome to the Latter-day Ladies Podcast. I'm your host and your friend Jenny Moss, and today we're going to dive into perfectionism and the atonement of Jesus Christ. Perfectionism for everyone's going to look a little bit different. For me, it looks like after a performance, thinking about all of the things that I did wrong, ways that I could have made it a little bit better, notes that I could have had more breath control behind, or um, ways that I could have connected with the material better, or going to a party and then afterwards second-guessing all the conversations I had and the things that I said. And did that person know what I meant here? This kind of thinking is an anxious awareness uh, stemming from perfectionism. Most likely you've run into this as well, either in your own life or you've seen people around you who have been burdened by this unattainable standard that they've set for their life. They're constantly feeling like a failure, constantly seeking for the uh, perfect person that they feel like they, quote, should be. It's exhausting. It's an exhausting way to live. And no matter our efforts to be perfect, we will always need a Savior. Jesus Christ was not a backup plan in case of failure. He was, in fact, called to save and redeem us due to the impossible nature of us completing this task here on earth, learning and living alone. We were not meant to do it alone. No matter how righteous or good we can try to be, we cannot, on our own, fulfill the demands of justice. Only the Savior Jesus Christ and His purity and perfection was able to satisfy satisfy that demand. This is the plan of God. This is the plan of salvation for us to live alongside the Savior Jesus Christ, to continually work on ourselves with him. You may think, but you don't know my life. You don't know the shortcomings I'm dealing with. You don't understand all of the ways that I'm falling short or the fact that I lost my temper with my kids yesterday yet again. Although I don't know the specifics of your story, of all of the things that you're dealing with in your own life, I know Jesus. I know Jesus, and his promises are sure. I know he has the power to redeem you, to redeem me, and to save us from our dark places and help us center our minds on truth and not a created perfectionistic reality that only exists in our brains. Elder Vern Stanfill of the 70 gave a fantastic conference address last April in 2023. He just absolutely hit the nail on the head in regards to perfectionism, and this talk is entitled The Imperfect Harvest. I'm going to be including several quotes by Elder Stanfill, And this is the first one we're going to dive into.
1: Remember that perfectionism is not the same as being perfected in Christ. Perfectionism requires an impossible, self-inflicted standard that compares us to others. This causes guilt, anxiety, and can make us want to isolate ourselves and withdraw. Becoming perfected in Christ is another matter. It is the process, lovingly guided by the Holy Ghost, of becoming more like the Savior. The standards are set by a kind and all-knowing Heavenly Father, and clearly defined in the covenants we are invited to embrace. It relieves us of the burdens of guilt and inadequacy, always emphasizing who we are in the sight of God. While this process lifts us and pushes us to become better, we are measured by our personal devotion to God that we manifest in our efforts to follow him in faith. As we accept the Savior's invitation to come unto him, we soon realize that our best is good enough and that the grace of a loving Savior will make up the difference in ways we cannot imagine.
0: I absolutely love what Elder Stanfels said. And these words solidify my understanding for the necessity of Jesus Christ setting the terms in which I live. His terms include us seeking and striving to become more like him, but they are not asking for perfection. His terms include grace, include his atonement as the qualifier to become like him. Christ's terms for our life are meant to empower us, not condemn us. I studied music in college, and since then, I've taught voice lessons on and off for years. One of my nine-year-old students a couple years ago was very disappointed after a lesson. I was surprised because she had learned quite a bit technically for her young age. I asked her if there was something specific— that bothered her, and she said, I just want to sound like Kelly Clarkson, but I'm nowhere near that. I tried to explain that a nine-year-old's voice cannot have the same depth, vibrato, and strength of sound, even if she devoted her entire life to practicing. I explained that her vocal cords needed to grow. Her ability to breathe would grow because her body would get bigger and her lungs would be able to expand more. I taught her about how her voice would develop into her 30s. But I saw this little girl leaving broken hearted because she did not sound like Kelly Clarkson. As adults, we can see that although this young lady was making leaps and bounds in her progress and was doing fantastically well for her age in her studies of voice, her expectation to become like Kelly Clarkson as a nine-year-old was unattainable. As a perfectionist, We can all have our own Kelly Clarkson-esque unattainable standards that we've given ourselves, that we've prescribed as what we need to be doing. But just like Elder Stanfill said, we can give over these prescribed standards of what we perceive that we should be doing and receive instead from God what we could be doing with Him. It's incredibly powerful to strip back all of the shoulds in our life that we decide in our own minds and build our lives instead on truth. Build our lives with what we can do and accomplish with the Savior Jesus Christ. His words to us are filled with a complete understanding of who we are, what we were meant to do, and our abilities at this time. Elder Dieter F. Uchtdorf said,
2: I believe the Savior Jesus Christ would want you to see, feel, and know that He is your strength. That with His help, there are no limits to what you can accomplish. That your potential is limitless. He would want you to see yourself the way He sees you. And that is very different from the way the world sees you. The Savior would declare in no uncertain terms that you are a daughter or a son of the Almighty God. Your Heavenly Father is the most glorious being in the universe, full of love, joy, purity, holiness, light, grace, and truth. And one day, He wants you to inherit all He has.
0: I think one of Elder Uchtdorf's spiritual gifts is providing hope for others. Every time I hear him speak, I just feel this like hope come up in me. And I'm just so grateful for everything that he said. I have struggled in my own life with understanding who I am because of uh A focus on such intense rules that I've created for myself, self imposed standards of behavior that I've imposed for myself and even my children. One thing that I have really struggled with in the past and still work on now is understanding uh, and eradicating these self imposed standards of behavior for my kids at church. We have always had wiggly kids and for years I felt like I had let God down by walking the halls when my kids became rowdy or fussy. I would compare my ability as a mother to those I saw around me based on the barometer of people being able to make it through sacrament meeting with their kids. This was a very, one-sided, filled with assumption, self-imposed lens and rule that I created that made me feel riddled with guilt for not being the mother I thought I had to be. I've come to understand that my motherhood, value, is not predicated upon anyone's behavior in church. That's a narrow frame of reference to see myself in. I needed to pull back the lens to include the barometer that the Lord has set for me. He's prompted me to ask questions like this. Did I show love for my children today? Did I repent when I fell short in different areas of my life? Did I take time to see the Lord's hand in my daily activities? Did I seek to keep my covenants? These simple phrases have provided such a valuable and strong foundation for me to build my motherhood upon. Because in the end, it's actually not up to me how my kids are going to behave. The standards I seek now are based upon what God and the Savior have told me to focus on. I loved this section of Elder Stanfield's talk where he outlines how the Savior spoke and the intention in which he spoke after his faith wavered when he fell into the water.
1: I believe that as Peter and the Savior walked back to the ship arm in arm, Peter soaking wet and perhaps feeling very foolish, the Savior may have said something like this, O Peter, fear not and worry not. If you could see yourself as I see you, your doubt would fade and your faith increase. I love you, dear Peter. You got out of the boat. Your offering is acceptable, and even though you faltered, I will always be there to lift you from the depths, and your offering will be made perfect.
0: I love those last two lines. Your offering is acceptable, and even though you faltered, I will always be there to lift you from the depths. Your offering will be made perfect. That's a promise that we can all take. Our offering will be made perfect through the atonement of Jesus Christ. If we accept him into our lives and ask for his help. I've asked the question, is my offering acceptable so many times? (laughs) But it's nice because every single time I ask it, the Savior answers with so much kindness and gentleness. It is a question that I used to fear because of a misunderstanding of who Christ was. I felt like maybe he would berate and belittle my efforts, but instead, he lifts and loves. But what about the past? I've heard many of us speak words of regret, ways that we may have fallen short as mothers or friends, daughters or sisters. There is often much pain tied into the weight of regret. I believe we can ask for the same faith and understanding that Alma the Younger received. He was torn up and racked with guilt and regret. And thinking about those he had harmed while actively pulling people away from the church probably just kept him from sleeping every night. Elder Boyd K. Packer said this,
1: The thought that rescued Alma when he acted upon it was this. Restoring what you cannot restore, healing the wound you cannot heal, fixing that which you broke and you cannot fix, is the very purpose of the atonement of Christ.
0: Alma the Younger understood the purpose of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He understood he couldn't control the past. He couldn't fix it on his own. He needed a Redeemer who had the means necessary to save him and compensate those he had hurt through Christ's atonement. Alma didn't belittle his sin, but he recognized that the power of Christ was bigger than what he had done. He believed in Jesus. And he believed Jesus when he promised to save all of us from our sins. We cannot change the past. We can repent and learn from it. We can believe that Jesus Christ will compensate any shortcomings that we have left back there. We can leave our sins, our omissions, or even a lack of faith on the altar today. The atonement of Jesus Christ has no limit in time. We can trust that his ability to overcome the world is greater than any injustice that we may have perpetrated, any wrongdoing that may have happened. He can make that harvest fall. He can complete it and create it into a perfect offering. Elder Stanfill then said this.
1: We we must remember that whatever our best but imperfect offering is, the Savior can make it perfect, no matter how insignificant our efforts may seem. We must never underestimate the Savior's power. A simple word of kindness, a brief but sincere ministering visit, a primary lesson lovingly taught, can, with the Savior's help, comfort, soften hearts, and change eternal lives. Our clumsy efforts can lead to miracles, and in the process we can participate in a perfect
0: harvest. Now is the time for you and I, for any perfectionist listening to this, to give away our false notions of who we, quote, should be, and instead seek to live our covenants that we've made and that have bound us to the Savior Jesus Christ to understand what we truly have been called here to do. We were not called to come and sit in an anxiety spiral each day, thinking through all the scenarios of how we could have done better. Instead, we give away our shortcomings and receive God's love. We give away our weaknesses and receive God's strength. We trust the Lord that he has the ability to help us become who we've always been destined to be.
1: The Savior stands ready to accept our humble offerings and perfect them through his grace. With Christ, there is no imperfect harvest. We must have the courage to believe that his grace is for us, that he will help us rescue us from the depths when we falter and perfect our less than perfect efforts. In the parable of the sower, the Savior describes the seeds that are planted in good ground. Some produce a hundredfold, some sixty, and others thirty. All are part of His perfect harvest.
0: The Savior is ready to accept our humble offering each day and perfect them through His grace and power. With Christ, there is no imperfect harvest. We must have the courage to believe that His grace is for us that He will help us and rescue us from the depths in which we falter. He will perfect our less-than-perfect efforts, and we will become whole through Him. If you liked this episode, please consider sending it to a friend or rating and reviewing our podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can visit our website, thelatterdayladies.com, and click on our Etsy tab for Christ-Centered Artwork.